You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Oneofus.net and all of the shows on it are 100% subscriber supported. Please consider becoming a subscriber to oneofus.net. Keep the site and all of our great shows going and get some terrific bonus content as well. This is Bradley Martin with the Screener Squad, and I'm looking for a, a change of scenery. You know, something horrifically tragic happened, something that no regular person would ever be able to live down without therapy. So I just need a change of venue from the south to the west. This film we're talking about, not a film, though it is filmed like one. The budget is definitely showing in this very well-crafted, visually stunning horror. I think people are calling it trauma porn. Them. The Emery family, yes. They lived in the South. It didn't work out for them because it was the 50s. Of course, you can say because it was now. I guess maybe that's the hot take about this movie. So they moved out to the West. And will things work out for them in Los Angeles? Little Marvin, the creator of this show, with an outstanding cast from Deborah Arindian, Ashley Thomas, Allison Pill, who's been showing up in a lot of crazy high-concept sci-fi shows lately. We're exploring how racism not only follows you, but haunts you forever until you can, if you can, confront those ghosts and tell them to go fuck off. Works every time. That's a very brief synopsis. A lot of themes to discuss here. I'm Bradley Martin, as I said, and I have the person who originally crashed the market. Mark is with us. Hello. And the biggest of the big short, we got Jamarco with us. Good evening. And also we have Robert Garza. Hello, everybody. (laughs) I couldn't (laughs) think of something clever. I'm sorry. (laughs) A lot of jump scares in this, a lot of Dutch angles, a lot of loud, booming needle drops from songs that we all know that may creep us out if we hear them again after they are attached to um, some disturbing imagery. But what did you guys think of this series? Where do we begin? Well, uh, I wanted to point out, not only did Little Marvin create the show, it was also uh, executive produced by one Lena Waithe. who we all know from her time at Master of None. She uh, made the shy, Queen and Slim. So uh, with these two attached, uh, like you said, it's about a family, the Emory family. They moved from, uh, was it South Carolina? To uh, East, uh, was it North Carolina? Yes, yeah, so they moved from North Carolina to Compton, California in the 50s. And um, of course, a black family moved to a white neighborhood is, their wa- arms are wide open, right? <laughs> but after Emory family's very horrifying tragedy, uh, the paranoia and the grief and, and the pain and the racism starts to settle in, and these family members unravel as these 10 episodes roll on. It looks pretty, but for me, not to just totally jump the gun, I'll start with the good. Uh, the woman who plays Lucky, she was fantastic. I thought she gave the mother of the family who... Um, 
It's not cooking on all cylinders. Now, everybody goes to their own little little stage of uh, trauma and racism. Like we said, Lucky, who is suffering a very uh, personal loss, uh, starts to unravel slowly, and her mind's playing tricks on her, and she starts saying things. Uh, the patriarch of the uh, family, Henry, uh, gets a job uh, working at an engineering firm, and of course, he's the only black guy there, so that could cause... Uh, the daughters, Ruby and Gracie, are experiencing their own troubles at school, all while this evil woman, Allison Pill, is pulling all the strings in this neighborhood, trying to get rid of these this black family for once and for all. And I also want to shout out Allison Pill. She was great in this, too. Like you said, uh, she's been, we've seen her before. We've, we know and love her from Scott Pilgrim and Vice and The Newsroom. And it was kind of weird to see her in a villainous role because I love her so much. She was one of the highlights of this show for me. And I think that's all the nice things I have to say about it for right now. <laughs> um, I dug it. And most of my love's going to come for, um, I, I'm going to clarify this, but uh, content. You know, I think uh, I had mentioned it to a couple people earlier. I think that this show's on Amazon, which is, you know, I don't know the cachet is the word, but lots of people are going to see this show because it's the banner ad on Prime. And I'm glad that people are seeing it. You know, Little Marvin wanted to make a show. He's pretty out in the open that he, I've seen him do a couple interviews where the first person, the it, first thing the interviewer butts in and says is like, this was crazy or this was wild or whatever. And every single time he's like, I'm so glad to hear that. Like, I don't think he's trying to get a reaction out of people, but he definitely knew that this isn't the standard fare. So I think that people that are into American horror story or channel zero or some of that stuff, they're maybe not going to be into, I mean, this is a show as much a horror show as it is about real life in the 1950s. And uh, what I really dug about it is that we're in a place now where we're getting shows. I think this builds on the kind of exploration of generational trauma and, uh, what institutional racism has done to this country as far as keeping people down, uh, disparate and stuff like that. But we can get a show where it's a horror show set in. We basically get the family that has lots of trauma to deal with because of their actual lives that they've moved away from. But then we also get the neighbors outside. But then there's also something in the house forcing them in on themselves about their stuff. But we couldn't get this TV show without the supernatural element. No one's going to make a marquee big budget show about what it must have been like to suffer great trauma at the hands of not the devil, but Americans move to another part of the country and get a different version of it. So while I like the horror stuff, I think the editing was a little crazy for me. I think we should have got more of uh, Loki's character I thought was amazing on screen and her character definitely goes through a lot of stuff in this, but I think that we cut some stuff, especially in one episode where we cut to, and now she's somewhere else type stuff that we didn't get to see that stuff. And the juggling of the what's in the house, what's the house and what are the neighbors are up to either could have been a little bit longer, or maybe we could have cut some of that. But as far as what the show is about and what it's trying to get, I assume people talking about like i'm all in for stuff like this but it is very dark but i've also heard another criticism of the show that it's dark for dark sake and what i'll say about that is especially for me somebody who i don't know if into is the right word but seeks out 
and uh, likes to find films that are exploring trauma, right? In in whatever form that is. Like, this is slightly less realistic to me because it's a horror show. Like, there are movies like The Nightingale from Jennifer Kent and Pelican Blood from Catherine Gibb and Come and See Me, the Russian anti-war film, that are horrific and they're not horror movies and they're also not sensational because if there's no movie realistically looking at things, then what are all the other movies doing? And I'm not saying this is some all end all be all that this is what all these shows should be doing. But I really dig now in 2021 that we're in a place right now where Amazon put this out because if this had been anything close to a network show, it would have been canceled either when the reviews were in before it aired or definitely before the season was over. But they're in, they're there for season two. So I like that this guy's got sharp claws and he doesn't come out of a big horror thing. So I think what he's doing is novel. He's like, okay, it's we're going to do a horror show. Well, what if I just pick a time? And of course, you know, that you just take what's of it. I mean, he didn't, I don't feel like they pulled any punches in this show. The neighbors are what I imagine the neighbors to be. And then there's a horror show. And so I really dug that aspect of it. I wish I could say I liked it as much as you, Robert. Really? All 10 episodes at once, guys? Really? This is a show that would have done better once a week so people could take it in nice and slow and enjoy it instead of having the... You begin to know... The problem is, is that there's a lot of gimmicks in this. The the, the building insanity, the... Uh, the uh, constant metaphors, I get it. You know, the one metaphor I really enjoyed was, or the one, not even metaphor, the, the feeling it gives you is you really get this feeling of being under siege from racism and being minimized and being sublimated to a point where you're just an animal. But, the, and I, I like that part a lot. I mean, you, and also it kind of states something that a lot of people have begun to suspect that the 50s were pretty insane. They weren't idealistic. They weren't this golden age, not for many, many people. And I like that a lot. The acting is great. You know, I love the kids in this. They're fantastic. Uh, I like Melody uh, Hurd as Gracie. She's, she's going to go places, I'm telling you. Well, here's the thing, and I was going to get to it after you finished your point, but this this show kind of uh, feels like... Um, like it was late to the party because for me speaking as a black man it, it felt like um like because we've seen it started with get out i call like get out like the big bang of like the racial horror that we've been seeing and like the the social you know like oh we can talk about this and still have uh, entertainment value to it and then you have watchmen which you know breaks ground and then you have um lovecraft country uh, and it kind of feels like, for me, it kind of treads over things that we've been talking about from show to show, but it kind of feels like it had a lot to say, but it was something I already heard before. It's also in, um, is it P Penny Dreadful City of Angels did 20 years before this, but it was the Hispanic neighborhood and it was before the neighborhoods they were building the highways. So the committees were not about uh you know, uh, where we were going to put the Hispanics, it was that we were just going to destroy parts of town to make room for the highways, which, you know, just like in this show, both those things are accurate. I think I, th I think the Watchmen analogy is particularly interesting because uh, Watchmen talks about the Oklahoma massacre, which nobody really knew anything about. For This one talks about the kind of 
not so well kept secret about the real estate market in California and how it was geared to be usurious and victimized and trap African American families, probably Asian families, probably Hispanic, any anyone who basically wasn't John Q. Christian, a white guy, John Q. Wasp. So I like that. I like there's a little, there's a teeny tiny bit of education in it. All right, here's some influences I got from it. I see The Shining in it. I see Nightmare on Elm Street in it. I see, oh, so I heard Stephen King liked this a lot. He should. It's pretty much a lot of his work. The presentation of racism in this, I feel like it's so over the top and in your face that people, yeah, people like me could be living next to a racist. Like I could be living next to an Allison Pill character in this, a Betty, and not even realize it because she doesn't come out with like a seething, no more blacks. And I'd be like, that, yeah, that person's not racist. She's not acting like Allison Pill. We're good, honey. You know, I always say this when it comes to uh, stories like this. Like, I like it if you can tell me the point to this. Like, there's a certain scene, there are a lot of scenes in there that are like, big scares, big visual, you know, presentations, but kind of felt hollow. It's like, okay, I know that. Like, I, I know how bad that is. I know how bad it was. You don't have to tell me. And one of the most, you know, tr- if you trigger one, if you want to watch the show, they should have just spaced it out because episode five just left me feeling just icky inside. It's just like something, no spoilers, but like, Something horrible, like oh Jesus! Like I know it was bad, man. It let me like as a, like as a comparison. It's kind of like for me watching Twelve Years a Slave, beautifully done, totally accurate. But I never want to see those images ever again. So like the racism, as you said, does feel exploitative. It feels cartoony. It feels over the top. It just makes you feel uncomfortable. Like I, you, <laughs> like I think we kind of reached a point. And that's where like a lot of the criticism I've seen come from. This like the trauma porn aspect of it is. We know we don't want to see that right now. There's a lot of other black stories we could tell right now. There's a lot of other black horror we could say right now without these images and these thoughts and, like, you know, our history. Like, there's more to that. And I can see the argument of that being said. I'll just jump in because I don't want to put this in my final thoughts. Is Maybe I'm just more cynical, but, like, I, I wasn't really bothered by the, the portrayal of the... Uh, white characters in this i think the best portrayal for sure was the sergeant or whatever who took what the other officers were engaging in a step further to make it about money and that you know i'm racist too but i serve a higher master than white skin you know money is and so i i really like that but like the show takes place 15 years before interracial marriage was uh, allowed in the united states across the country so I, I I think it's pretty good. We got to a big place in the 90s where every time we so, showed a cop in the 50s and he was alone with a woman, he was salacious and sexual, assaulty. No disrespect with that phrase. But, like, if if the new character actor for playing the 50s cop is just openly racist, like, I think that's progress. And he wasn't as bad as Matt Dillon in Crash. But... I will speak on that because you brought it up. But my big thing about Crash is where I... I think another thing that people might get turned off about this show is that it's an anthology show. So like, uh, Jamarco, you mentioned earlier, you wished it, it was a movie. If this was a movie, all the neighbors were dead. Like, without a doubt, all of the neighbors are dead. And you would have also got more of an ending. But because I think this is kind of a 
one season look into a bunch of different things. They're not worried about tying things up and seeing these people next year. It was just this horrific look into this family, I guess, for five and a half hours. I, I think people, because I have heard some people talk about the end, like, what the hell was the point of that? Well, if it was a movie, that would have either been some crazy art house ending or, or uh, you know, they would have went way further with it. But because this is a show that's going to jump around year to year, I think that's to the detriment why they get so tropey and why they don't really nail into some of these characters. I would have gave this a I would have gave this a nine or ten if we would have seen character development like Haunting of Hill House and stuff where they did that with so like five or six more characters, you know, a really big thick thing, but they kept all the the great stuff. But those were also much longer episodes. So So what would you give this for your final thought? I'm interested in shows that are looking at generational trauma. This one takes a big like we said, slightly educational look at the intergenerational wealth gap that comes from mortgage covenants, like the one we see in the the couple's mortgage, or like what clause is that? In Texas, two months ago in 2021, they met to talk about trying to get it out of the language in Texas right now. And Abbott said he put it on the record uh, as something he wants to do, but also, you know, it's expensive. So, you know, that stuff still exists. But one thing we didn't talk about that I think everybody here kind of dug was episode nine. It is a departure. It is the third act uh, exposition. It is the what the hell is actually going on. And something I kind of dug is they kind of cut in and out of it, too. Like, it's not like and then we, you know, walk into the house. But um, it was uh, directed by Craig William Mancelli uh, McNeil, McNeil. I'm sorry, Craig William McNeil. He directed six episodes of Candle Cove, an episode of Sabrina on Netflix, uh, episode of Castle Rock. He directed Lizzie from uh, 2018, which is the Chloe Sevigny, Lizzie Borden film. And it was written by Dominic Orlando, who was a story editor and writer on the OA. That episode is fucking brilliant, y'all. Like as somebody that loves art house and loves weird and loves long camera shots, relying on performance and close-ups of, of, of actors and looking for emotion over any kind of other weird atmospheric, all shot almost during the day, I cannot recommend it enough. So on the strength of that and some of the other knocks that I had, I'm going to you know, say that I'm excited to see what the hell they got going on for season two, because after seeing what they did with this, like I, I don't, I, I'll, I'm gonna watch it. Like I mean, I don't, I'm interested in the end, the second half of next season already. So I'm gonna give this uh, four out of five. Shout outs to Jason Stackhouse from True Blood. It was cool to see him. He's a weird ass character, but that was cool. <laughs> Indeed, Mark. Final thoughts. The acting is wonderful. Uh, the people do the best. Uh, I particularly liked, uh, well, I like the main characters, basically. Uh, they all have a certain charisma, including Allison Pill. Lots of interesting and wonderful, frightening images and twists. Now, the funny thing is, I'm noticing this. Every good point I have is followed by a bad point because there's problems with everything I'm saying. It's got incredible environment and atmosphere. It does manage to convey a strong sense of empathy for those people that are trapped in being under siege, being under siege because of racism, being under siege because of differential treatment and minimalization. Here's the negatives. It is bloated. It needs a serious editing. There was no need for this to be 10 episodes. This could have gotten away probably with seven episodes, maybe six. 
There's a subplot involving the Betty character, the Allison Pill character. I don't even know what that's doing there. Yeah, except for her to get her just desserts or whatever. It's like, ugh, who cares? I saw the same frightening images over and over and over again to the point the same horrifying names. And to me, the N word is possibly the nastiest word. It's the word I hate the most in the English language. You hear it 57 times, you don't hear it anymore. You hear it 150 times, and God knows how many times. And that wasn't even the worst word. It was every possible epithet in the world. But it's, they literally do 20 or 30 at once an episode. I stopped being engaged. I stopped being attached to it. Um, it could have been heavily edited, like I said. Going to get a little more positive about it. I love the makeup of the of the uh, of the white racists. I mean, they are so heavily over made up that they. It's almost like they're trying to make them look like they're dolls, like they're like these weird, bizarre. Yeah, they're like Five Nights at Freddy's or Claymation or something. It's there's an uncanny valley with real people. It's very strange, and I like that. That was cool. Uh, I like I. Yeah. Yeah, that that yeah, that to me was great. Whenever she tries to be pleasant, she, her smile is like a crack in a wall, which is kind of appropriate given what you were just talking about. And I I, I kind of like the dissonance. That is more frightening than all the blood and all the ripped skin and all. Be a little more subtle, guys. That's all I'm saying. You know, I mean, so I like that. And but there's so much. It's so hard to slog through. You should have done it once a week. You should have dropped it at once a week, guys. It would have been a lot easier, and you probably would have gotten a higher rating from me. But yeah, five out of ten really satisfying backslaps. So them, I, I I always try to come into you know black stories with an open mind. Try to see what they can bring new to the table. But like I said earlier, this didn't bring really anything new to the table. Like if anything, there are a lot of scenes for me. Well, let me. Pull up Mark and start with good and bad. Um, the acting, of course, as we've all talked about, we praise uh, these actresses and actors. We didn't mention uh, PJ Byrne from Wolf of Wall Street showing up as like the racist boss. He was, he pissed me off, but you know, I always love seeing him and stuff. But um, yeah, man, this show, it just left me feeling ill in a way. Like, and it, it was really difficult. I was coming into the reviews like, do I really need to pull the race car? Because there were just some things about this show that just, I just, I, I don't need to see right now, you know? And I appreciate, you know, like the horror aspects of it and just, it's supposed to make you uncomfortable, but like, it had me thinking like, well, how far is too far? It, it, it was just exploitative to a degree. Although I did love the, I loved like when a horror kicked in, because I wasn't feeling the first four episodes when like it was just like, hey, look how bad racism was. Remember that? Once the supernatural kicks into high gear, that's when it started to go up for me, especially episode nine. But uh, at the end of the day, it was just like something like, you know, morals we've seen before, stories we've seen before. The payoff is decent. And, um,. If we do get a season two, I just hope we learn a very important word here, subtlety, because um, just just because you can show everything doesn't mean you always should. So with that being said, I'm going to give this five out of 10 pieces of cherry pie you really shouldn't eat right now. All right. I agree with everything you all have said in a way. For me, the lack of subtlety was jarring and kind of made it more of a cartoon than I think it meant to be, if it was meaning to be a cartoon at all. Like this southern creepy racist would say this phrase and kind of like, yeah, 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 
And I'd be like, oh, I know what that means. What a horrible thing that is. And then the Southern racers would be like, no, 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 no. We're going to show you. I'm just going to say it menacingly and no imagination here. You keep that imagination to your fucking self. We're showing everything. Like, well, is that really necessary? And the show presents this mystery of what happened. And I feel like anyone over 25 could see two episodes in and piece together what happened to this family and why they moved. And the show is still like, mm, no stone left unturned, though. Here's all the grotesque, yeah, disgusting details. And then after you are absolutely certain of what happened, we're going to do it again. That was so gross to me that I also became desensitized to it. Like, I was literally being like, uh-huh, yep, there, there it is. There's what's in the box. Of course. Instead of this, I was all like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I will say, though, these performances are all outstanding, and I am actually very excited to see that that actress from Us. Let me get her name again. Shahadi Wright-Joseph. Yeah, Shahidi Wright-Joseph. I can't wait to see what she does next, because we, we all know that Ashley and Deborah, those two actors, are well on their way to becoming household names. Allison Pill as well. Shahidi, I'm very excited for. Melody Heard, I want to say, amazing. She should be in more stuff like this, but I don't think kids should be in stuff like this. That's my own personal baggage. Allison Pill, I thought was great, too. <laughs> I don't know what her point was in this at all, because everyone was the racist neighbor, and her payoff to that was yeah, so confusing and strange. I will say an incredibly weird turn. And I'm like, I, I'm i not feeling bad for this racist TV show. And it's like, well, you're gonna. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And, and, then, and then the ending happens. And it's, I see that it's filmed and presented as this, yeah, ending. But I'm like, no, no, this is terrible that this is happening to this family. I, I guess... <laughs> and that's how it ended for me that so i'm gonna actually because i did, really did enjoy the performance and i love a good jump scare i like watching scary movies with my wifey it kind of spices things up i'm gonna give this six and here here it comes six cats in a sack out of ten I apologize to our listeners about my opening, about me deciding I would put myself into a moving scenario. And you probably noticed that it got quiet like, wait, if I moved to another state, it would be fine. And then I would be greeted with hugs and kisses. And I, would have <laughs> ah, neighbors. I was waiting for somebody to mention that. <laughs> Can we cut, please, before I get canceled? <laughs> uh, I don't want to be the guy. <laughs> Indeed. I should have let you do the opening, Jamargo.